You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode 254. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I am your host, Amber Brzezicki, and happy Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week, and I thought, what better topic to put onto the podcast for the week of Thanksgiving than one on bulking? I mean, it, it just seemed so apropos with the holiday that is coming up this week. Uh, so this topic is one that uh, I feel like there is a dearth of information on meaning we don't talk a ton about the phase that is bulking. And, and if you're familiar with the, the different phases of, of a fitness journey, I talk about this a lot in episode 76, where I talk about the cycles of weight loss. But a lot of women come into Macros 101, they come into coaching really only grasping and understanding one phase, and that is cutting. And that's what they've been raised to do is restrict, cut food, be in a calorie deficit, and that's really what they've been trying to do their entire life. And it's really eye-opening when people start to realize that cutting, yes, is a phase, but it's only one of four phases that you can and should be cycling through throughout your journey. And that part of the problem is that you've been so focused on a single phase that you're missing out on on the totality of what really makes uh, you get to where you want to go. Like the, the, the goal that you have in mind typically requires more than one phase for most women. And so when you start to realize, okay, there's cutting, there's also reversing, which I have a bunch of podcasts about episode nine, episode 42, episode 114, episode 170 are all on reversing. And that is a slow titration of adding calories back to increase the metabolism to bring you back up to maintenance from a deficit. And then there's maintenance, which is honestly where you should live most of your life. Most of your life should be at maintenance. The problem is most women live most of their life trying to be in a deficit, but most of your life should be at maintenance. You should be eating the same amount of calories that you're burning. Uh, and, and that's a really important phase that a lot of women don't understand or don't implement until they start you know, going through coaching or going through macros 101. And then the last phase is bulking. And bulking is going into an intentional surplus. You are intentionally eating more calories then you are burning every single day. Why the heck would somebody do that? Well, at some point, in order to add more muscle to your body, you have to. You have to go into a caloric surplus in order to continue to encourage, incentivize your body to add muscle. So if you're wanting to get stronger, you're wanting to add muscle, uh, likely in the future, you may have to go, there will be a point where you may have to go into a bulk in order to be able to make that happen. And so you know, that's, that's the goal is like, you're actually eating more food than you are, than your body is, is burning. And those extra calories can be used for your body to build muscle. Now it's really important. A bulk is not just eating whatever you want. A bulk is not just eating a ton of food. A bulk is very intentional in that you're eating in a caloric surplus while also lifting weights intelligently, right? You're implementing progressive overload. If you don't know what progressive overload is, I have a whole class on it. It's bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash workshop. And I talk about progressive overload, but you're combining a caloric surplus with progressive overload in order to optimize for muscle growth. And that's why you would do a bulk. Now I shared my story of doing a bulk back in episode 94. So if you want to hear my story of my bulk and the things that I learned and my experience, you can go back and listen to episode 94. But we haven't had a ton of other conversations around bulking on the podcast. I did talk about it with Elise. That was back in episode 197. So she did talk a little bit about bulking because that's something that's been a part of her journey. Um, but other than that, we really haven't talked a ton about bulking on the podcast. And when I heard that a couple of ladies in our Beyond Macros 101 group, that's our continued alumni-only coaching program. Once you've gone through Macros 101, then you can come and join Beyond for continued coaching. And they were had had gone through a bulk. 
And I just had the idea, man, we need to have more women on the podcast who have gone through a bulk so they can kind of speak to the experience. And I approached Katie and Amanda and they were very gracious and said they would love to come on the podcast and be able to share their experience going through a bulk. And so that's what today is, is my interview with them. And I'm just so excited for those of you who are listening, because maybe you've been curious about bulking. Maybe you're wanting to do a bulk, but you're a little afraid. Maybe you're in a bulk or maybe you've done a bulk in the past and it it went awesomely, or maybe it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. Either way, I think it's so valuable to be able to hear other women's stories. Uh, You'll hear in the podcast that we kind of normalize some of the things that uh, happen during a bulk that you may think, oh my gosh, this is, this is only me. It only happens to me. It doesn't. And we talk about that kind of normalizing some of the challenges and struggles that happen during this, this phase. And then also some of the awesome things that happen as you go through a bulk. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Amanda and Katie. We are going to have a fantastic conversation today because I am talking with two of my favorite people, Katie and Amanda, and we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is bulking and gaining muscle. (laughs) And I told them beforehand that the this title of the podcast was the unfiltered truth about bulking. And both of them agreed that they were willing to give the unfiltered truth. So welcome to the podcast, both of you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. This is gonna be fun. Both of them have been on the podcast. So they're old, they're pros and uh, we're excited about the conversation we're going to have, we're going to have today. So one of the reasons, okay, let's, let's back up a little bit. Amanda, well, first of all, both Katie and Amanda are in Beyond Macros 101, which is our continued alumni-only coaching program that happens after Macros 101. And they've been in the in the community for a long time. And both of them have been very open about sharing their journeys as they've gone through the different stages. And uh, Amanda specifically recently finished up a six-month bulk, right? Six months? Six months, yep. And she's been fantastic about sharing that with our community and and throughout the whole process, kind of reporting in with everybody. And she concluded that bulk, shared it with the community. Katie has also been uh, really generous with sharing the struggles and the ups and the downs that she's had as well. And so when I saw Katie's post, or sorry, when I saw Amanda's post and Katie commented on it, just like this light bulb went off in my head. And I said, we need more stories of women bulking (laughs) on the podcast. Cause I've shared my story. I think back, I think it was episode 94 or 92. I've shared my story, but that's the only bulking story I've shared on the podcast really. And so I thought we need to have more women's stories on the podcast about bulking and both of you guys agreed to coming on. So that's where I want to start. I want to just start with you just sharing a quick synopsis or overview of each of your stories about your bulk and and what that experience was like for you. So let's start with Amanda and then uh, we'll do Katie next. Okay, so um, I, you know, I've been maintained my weight for a pretty long time, several years before I even considered uh, a bulk being a possibility. And there were a couple of things that made me consider it. One is that um, I started powerlifting about two years ago, and I knew that one of the ways I would be able to get stronger was to fuel my body with more food than what I was giving it even at maintenance. And so I wanting, I wanted to get stronger. And uh, the other thing was that I had this picture in my head of this you know, aesthetic or this physique that I wished I had, but I knew that the only way to get there would be to add more muscle. And so I could cut all I want and remove as much fat as I want. If there was no muscle underneath, I was never gonna look this the uh, like the picture I had in my head. And so I considered it for quite some time um, and was thinking about it, but I wasn't ready to commit. And then Katie was, you know, like you said, generous and sharing her story about her first bulk and seeing her go through that and knowing, you know, it wasn't all easy, but that she was able to do it. That really gave me the push I needed to try, try it myself. And so in April, I started a bulk and I, like you said, I just completed it about two weeks ago. So I did 26 weeks. So I decided to go for the full half year, 26 weeks. And then, uh, so now I've been back at maintenance for about two weeks. So awesome. And I, I want to highlight again, like the beauty of being in a community where there are generous people who share 
their experiences because it, you know, you had the courage to do it because you saw someone else in the community. You saw a friend, Katie do it first. And I just, I love the supportive nature of being in a group where, where people are, are willing to share and be open and vulnerable about what they're doing and their, their experiences, because it gives us courage to be able to do the same thing. So it's just so fun to see that support and that encouragement of like, Oh, you're doing it. Ah, that means I can like have the, the courage to do it as well. Um, okay. Katie share a little bit about your, what led you up into doing a bulk. Okay. So like Amanda said, I had a, an initial bulk, um, geez, when was that? 2021. I had started in December and it was cut short on purpose because my husband and I were going on a vacation um, where I would be in a swimsuit the majority of the time. And so I was just like, well, you know, I'm comfortable where I am, but I would also maybe like to be a little more comfortable. So my first bulk was cut a little bit short. And so I had always intention, uh, my intention was always to go into a second one that would be longer. Um, so my husband and I went on vacation. I went into maintenance and I eventually stopped tracking, like kind of weaned off tracking and think just kind of slid into a natural surplus at that point uh, and decided to embrace it and was like, okay, well, I've already basically started this gaming phase. Why don't I just roll with it? Um, <laughs> and it kind of just went out of control a little bit. Uh, I was not in the right headspace is the polite way of saying it. I was not in a very good headspace to kind of embrace a bulk. I did for a time. I did. Um, I have since stopped my bulk, went back into maintenance. Um, yeah. Will you, will you talk a little bit more about that headspace? Because I think this is a really honest thing to say. And, and when you say you weren't in a good headspace, what did that actually look like? So Amber, you know, my, my fight response is very heightened. I almost never respond with flight. <laughs> just so show up and fight all the time, <laughs> all the time. Um, so the headspace that I was in started out fine. It started out fine. I was really embracing it. I was rolling with it. My lifts were, I was PRing like crazy. Like it was nuts. Like RDLing my body weight. Like it was awesome. So for a time it was, it was great. It was going really well. And then the headspace that kind of started to creep up was that I did not start from a very lean position to begin with, with this bulk, like even just sliding into a surplus, I wasn't necessarily where I quote unquote wanted to be. Um, and the headspace that started to creep in was that my subsequent cut is going to be miserable. Mm. So, and I know I, Amanda and I have talked about this too, of how, of how that headspace of, well, I'm gaining weight on purpose. Why am I tracking it? Why am I not just to help with it? Why am I like free for all? Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was a lot of fighting with myself of, well, you didn't start at this from a lean position. Your next cut's going to be awful. Why are you even tracking? Let's just eat all the food. Like let's just gain and gain and gain. But then it was like, well, all the gaining some of it may be muscle, most likely will be muscle. But when you gain fast, a lot of it is fat. You do gain fat. It's going to come on. So it was, it was a lot of fighting with myself. And mentally. did you, I, I'm, I'm curious, uh, because I think, um, that wrestle that happens with ourselves can be productive. I think that that wrestle with ourselves can teach us a lot of things. And it's not always fun in the moment, but we do sometimes with that wrestle with ourselves, we learn a lot about ourselves and there can be some positiveness that comes out of it. I'm, I'm curious 
on the other side, can you look back and see some of that positiveness or are we still feeling like we're in the fight and we're not, we're not quite done fighting yet. And it's hard to have that reflective. I, I don't know. Where are you at with that? I, I think I'm still in a fight. Yeah. I, I'm not quite at the point where I can kind of look back at it with a clearer head. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to pivot. I don't, I don't pivot from my goals very easily. That's the, fight. That's the fighter, right? It's like the hang yes. on at all costs type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still working through that kind of grieving process of, mm-hmm. of letting go of that goal for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and figuring out how I want to pivot. Yeah. Well, what if it's not letting go of a goal, but instead choosing a new one? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's the, that's the like reframe that we can have on that is like, you're the fighter. You don't want to give up. But when we can reframe it from, it's like, you're not giving up, you're choosing something different. It becomes a proactive place to put yourself. Yeah. So good. Uh, and, and so honest, which is why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast. Cause I think this honest reflection, it's, it's like, sometimes people talk about what well, I think it happens in, in social media in general, like macro counting, it's like all daisies and butterflies and like bulking. It's so amazing. And you build all this muscle. And then we go through the, like, it's like all these phases are so amazing and they're like, so awesome. And they're just so fun. It's just all fun. <laughs> and the reality is, is like, they're hard. The phases are hard. Cutting's hard. Reversing's hard. Maintaining's hard. Bulking's hard. They're all hard. <laughs> like they are all, they all have their pluses and they all have their minuses. And I think we do people disservice when we only talk about the pluses. Like when you only talk about the great aspects of a cut, you're doing people disservice. When you only talk about the great aspects of a bolt, you're doing people disservice because then they get into them and they start to hit these roadblocks and they're like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. My bulk is not fun. This is not fun. <laughs> I'm scared. I like, I want to retreat. Oh my gosh. I'm the only person that thinks bulking is not fun. No friends. <laughs> it's not like nothing. is all fun all the time. And so when we can have these kind of conversations, people go and go in with full clear expectations of like, I'm doing a bulk because I want to add more muscle. And this is like Amanda said, I want to PR my lifts. I want to get stronger. I want to add more muscle. And this is the way to do it and recognize it's not going to be all daisies and butterflies the whole time. And expect that. And when you expect that, you can kind of face it a little bit with some more, more vigor and oomph. So I appreciate the, the candidness. So let's, let's talk about fear because I think one of the things that prevents women from starting a bulk is fear. Uh, so I'm curious, what were the very specific fears for you that maybe were present before you started the bulk, before you made that decision, right? There probably were some fears and what were they and how did you work through them? So before I started my bulk, one of the biggest things I was afraid of was just gaining weight in general. You know, I worked really hard several years ago to lose baby weight after having three babies. And I had been, you know, pretty steady in a range, not at an exact weight, but in, in a range I was comfortable for several years. And as much as I'd healed my relationship with the scale, it's still in the back of your head. When you gain weight, you're getting fat. No matter what, no matter if you're doing it on purpose, if you're bulking, if you know you're lifting and you're putting on muscle, my head, every time I would step on the scale and see it go up was saying, you're getting fat, you're getting fat, you're getting fat. Retreat, retreat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I was also, you know, Thankfully, I had a lot of other tools I could use. And so um, I I was able to manage that, but it would still it would still come up a lot. Like you are getting fat. And that was really my biggest fear going into it was you're going to eat more on purpose. That means you're going to get fat. Just a spoiler, I did not get fat. <laughs> and we'll talk about that. Uh, that's really good. Katie, what were some of your biggest fears? Uh, pretty similar to Amanda's where it's just kind of, you, you work really hard to kind of maintain those results that you get. And then to kind of be like, well, I'm going to purposefully watch that number go up. And, and also like for me with all the perfectionist tendencies that I have, it's kind of like, well, how much is too much? Where is, where do I say, this is appropriate. Where do I say this is not appropriate? Like this is the amount of gain that I'm supposed to have. 
Like that really said, said another head. way. How do I do the bulk perfectly? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How do I not gain excess fat? Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it, it, very similar to Amanda where it's just kind of, it, it is for women that backwards thought of I'm purposefully wanting that number to go up is mind boggling. It kind of messes with you. Yeah. yeah it kind of messes with you a bit. Yeah. 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 And it's one of the reasons that, uh, I really usually recommend that women have a good time of spending time at maintenance before going into a bulk. Uh, because I do think that it can, that intentional maintenance can really mess with you, especially since most of us were conditioned as Amanda was, is like number on the scale goes up means I'm getting fat. That's a bad thing. It's terrifying. I shouldn't want that. You know, it's like we go into this place of like number on the scale equals my worth equals my lovability equals all of these things. And so why, why would the heck would I intentionally have that number go up? So it mentally can really mess with you a lot. And so I really recommend spend that time at maintenance, um, have whatever results you had in your cut, maintain them, feel really good and confident in in that. And then move into like the mentally challenging aspect of doing a bulk, because there are a lot of mental, if it can feel like you're going backwards in, in your progress, even though you're not, it can definitely feel that way. And that can be really scary. If somebody is in that space, well, so we can ask this on a personal level, how did you get over that fear? Like you both have the same fear, but you still did the bulk. So I have to believe that you like got over that fear some way. What was that self-talk like that got you over that fear to get you into the bulk? Uh, I don't know that I ever really did. Well, so you just like, I'm just going to feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. Which I have learned from because being on why? the team. <laughs> because we build our wings on the we, way down. Because we jump and we build our wings. Exactly. Uh, so, but what was the outcome that was worth it? Right. Because the outcome, we can do things scared, but we can only do things scared if we feel like we're doing it for a purpose or like the purpose is important enough. And so for you, was it just the muscle growth? Like that was important enough that I'm going to feel that fear and I'm going to do it anyway. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Amanda? Um, yeah, I agree with Katie. I'm not sure I ever actually got over the fear. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, even, you know, six months later getting on the scale, some days I'd be like, Oh, look at how much weight I've gained. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but it was kind of twofold. It was one was using my other tools to assess it, am I gaining fat or am I gaining muscle doing my measurements I I couldn't commit to doing them weekly it that was too stressful for me so I, I did them every other week and that, you know I posted in the group with update every other week and that kept me committed to actually taking those measurements and reporting back like what's going on with my bulk um, and you know honestly the numbers didn't change as much as I expected they would uh, but where the numbers changed told me that it was more muscle that I was gaining rather than fat, which really helped having other tools and knowing that the scale is not the only arbiter of success mm-hmm. um, was really, really helpful. Will you share what specifically you were looking at uh, and those data points that helped you to like have that knowledge? Yeah. So I took, a, I actually took a lot of measurements. I took, um, you know, obviously my waist, hips. Uh, thighs, calves, um, and both biceps, chest. Um, so I did all of those. I also did flexing measurements with um, specifically my biceps, hips. Um, I'm not really good at flexing my abs, <laughs> but um, and thighs and calves. And it was interesting because for a while they would kind of increase together, but at a certain point, my flexing measurements started changing, but my relaxed measurement wasn't changing in the same number. Um, And I also took progress pictures and compared them. And in my head, I'm like, I feel like I've gained so much weight. I feel like I've gotten so much bigger. And then I'd look at the pictures and I'm like, I actually look smaller in the pictures than when I started. Um, Not in all of them, but, you know, and then also sharing with the group and having objective feedback of like, it's it's not me looking at myself, it's other people saying, wow, look at the progress you've made. I can see the muscle you've gained. I can see the changes. And um, that, you know, that was helpful. I 
committed to posting for myself to make sure I would keep doing the things I said I would do, taking the pictures and taking the measurements. But I got a lot of help from the feedback as well from other people in the group looking at it and, and sharing with me things they saw that I couldn't necessarily see myself. Oh, that's really good. Uh, what was what was the best part of the bulk for both of you? Uh, I think the, the two best parts were eating almost whatever I wanted, mm-hmm. um, not being super stressed about my tracking. Like I didn't even pre-track much because I could make it work with yeah, the extra can, calories. Yeah. Um, I can make just about anything fit if I needed to. Um, and the other thing was the, my lifting. I, I added so much weight to my one rep maxes between when I started my bulk to when I next tested it, which was, it was the end of August, but I, my weight, I could move increased significantly. And, you know, going into my first powerlifting competition, that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, seeing those big gains was really encouraging. Yeah. That's awesome. What was your favorite part about the bulk, Katie? Pretty much the same thing. Yeah. I did. I did a lot of the same stuff where it was like, well, I, I can pre-track breakfast and lunch, but like dinner is basically whatever I want because I know it'll all fit. Um, I mean, I'm, I just love food. So it's always nice to eat more. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, same thing. Like I, the lifts and the weight that I was able to move was just like, it blew my mind and I've been lifting for 10 years. Yeah. And I was just like, this is nuts. Like I almost maxed out both plate stacks on my functional trainer awesome. on a lap pull down. Yeah. Like was this close? I couldn't, (laughs) I like, couldn't even get it into position. (laughs) It was so heavy, but Katie, I, I watching those videos of you doing those pull downs. I have like the numbers you're sharing are insane. Like you are so strong. It's so cool. It was insane to me and it was my own body. Like like, blow your own mind. Yes. And it was, it was because I did like at first I was like, I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to push. Like if I'm going to embrace it, I'm going. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I'm eating more food. Let's use it. Mm -hmm. And decided to really like find failure. And I did. And it blew my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so awesome. And, and I think that, um, for people who get to that point in the journey where they want to get strong, where they want to build muscle, where they want to push those limits, where they want to like move that weight, man, there's nothing better than like a bulk and really giving your body that energy and that nutrition that it needs to be able to do that. Um, Katie or Amanda, when I, I did my bulk before my powerlifting meet as well as like, that was part of the process of like me trying to like maximize those numbers that I could lift. And it, it's the experience of women. This is me coaching other women, the experience of having me coach other women who go to the gym for the first time feeling fully fueled and then coming back and being, and telling me, oh my gosh, I've never lifted fully fueled. Like I've always been in a deficit. I've always been trying to eat less. And like, it feels so different to go to the gym and lift weights under fueling your body. And then contrasting that with fueling it enough and even, or even into a surplus, like the feeling that you get at the gym, how powerful you feel, how much weight you can move, how you like recover is, is night and day. And I love it when women come back and they're like, I've never felt so good at the gym as when I was like eating enough food. It's just, it's such an awesome experience for, for people to be able to have. So I love hearing that. Um, one of the things that we talk a lot about in macros 101 and and I coach a lot about is all or nothing thinking. And it shows up a lot of times in weight loss journeys. Uh, but Amanda, you mentioned that this sort of thinking started creeping in for you during the bulk. So can you share a little bit of the the color of that all or nothing thinking, how that showed up for you? Yeah. So I think Katie touched on it a little bit already and her and I have talked about it at a certain point. I was like, why, why, why am I tracking? Why am I worried about what I'm eating? Why don't I just eat whatever I want as much as I want? You know, we've got cake, we've got cookies, we've got candy. Why am I tracking one cookie? I could have the whole package. (laughs) 
And some days I would give in and just eat more. And often I would end up feeling not great because when you eat a lot more junk, your body doesn't necessarily love it. Um, I'm saying junk, but you know, more sugary foods, like things that are less nutritious. Um, I don't really label foods as good or bad, but I try to limit the less nutritious options. Um, but it some days it was a fight. Like, why do I care? I can eat this, you know, the whole sleeve of cookies. And it was, it was sometimes difficult to rein in. And, and I had to, you know, think about what is my goal. And, you know, I can eat all these cookies and nothing is really stopping me from doing it, but I don't really want to gain a lot of fat. That's my biggest fear is gaining a lot of fat. So I do need to keep track. I do need to have an idea what I'm eating and, and keep tracking and stick to the, the goal numbers that I have. You know, it wasn't an exact number. There was a bit of a range, but I really had to remind myself what my goals were and, and bring it back to like, Yes, I could eat all the cookies, but that's not really going to help me get to where I want to be. It will help me put on more fat, which is not the goal here. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to delineate between an intentional bulk and an unintentional one. Uh, and I think a lot of times people uh, will label it a bulk, but it's just, but it becomes the like, eat everything I want uh, bulk. And um, an unintentional bulk. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. However, you will tend to see more fat gain. Uh, you probably will see muscle gain as well, but you, t- you will overshoot. Usually when people just eat whatever they want, they overshoot what they actually, their body actually needs for like muscle growth. And so that's where you get the extra fat gain. And, uh, and, and so there is a difference between not caring about what you eat and, and intentionally being in an intentional surplus where you are, um, being intentional about here's how much I'm eating and here's how much protein I'm eating. And I'm trying to at least keep this somewhat balanced. And I'm trying to at least fuel my body with mostly nutritional foods. It's really easy to eat 3000 calories of crap. It's really hard to eat 3000 calories of like (laughs) whole foods. (laughs) If you've ever tried to, to do that, like, it's a lot more challenging, but there's a lot to, um, how you feel and how you perform at the gym as well, that you start to learn about as you, as you fuel your body with more, more food and more calories. Did you have anything to add to that, Katie? Trouble with the mute button. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a lot, a lot of the same thing. Like Amanda posted, I don't think it was her last one. It was a couple, it's a couple months before her last one where she, she had brought up that, well, why, why am I, why am I bothering? And I was like, wait, that's normal. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was just me. That's what I'm saying. That's why we have those conversations. Yeah, exactly. So Amanda's posts were like super beneficial for me. Cause I was already in like starting to enter into this headspace that was not positive for a bulk. And, um, so seeing Amanda's post where it was like, oh, I'm not the only one who is feeling those feelings of, well, why don't I just eat all the things? Like, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, it was, it was really helpful for me to, to watch Amanda's progress and be able to like normalize some of the feelings that I was having. Um, cause I <laughs> sometimes, well, I think it's common anyway for most people, cause we tend to be in our own space where it, I feel like my thoughts are not normal. I feel like this is the way Katie thinks and not a lot of people think that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good for me, like watching Amanda's journey was really, really helpful for me to normalize a lot of the feelings that I was having. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's normal to be scared of weight gain. I think it's normal to uh, want to F this and like just eat all the foods. I think it's normal to not want to track. I think it's normal also to really struggle to fit in food. I hear that a lot of like, in a bulk, it's not uncommon to get tired of eating food. I hear that where it's like, I'm just tired of eating food. I don't want to eat more food. That's a very normal place to get to in a bulk. And when we can normalize these, these parts, these phases, these milestones that you're going to hit, you're able to, to know that, okay, it's totally normal for me to like, not want to eat more food. That's a normal thing to, to have happen. And it's kind of a milestone in the journey. And it doesn't mean I need to quit. doesn't mean I need to move up, you know, keep going. I can kind of make a choice at this point, but it just is nothing. There's nothing wrong with you. That's, that is a natural, normal part of the process. 
And, you know, hopefully you're seeing, you're reaping the benefits of, like you said, in the gym, like you're seeing the weights go up, you're seeing your, your flexing measurements, you're seeing the, mu- the muscle mass be able to be, to be built. And then you can decide is, is what I'm going through worth the outcome. And if it is, you keep going. And if it's not, then you stop. And that can be a choice that, that you get to make, but it's not because you're thinking about it wrong or because you're weird and nobody else has that experience. That's not it. <laughs> not it at all. <laughs> Um, so one of the things that I, we kind of, I touched on it just a little bit, but I want to dive a little deeper into it. I had, I had talked about, you know, going, one of the things when we go through hard things and I would say a bulk is a hard thing. Like I said, a cut is a hard thing. Reversing is a hard thing. Maintaining is a hard thing. They're all hard things, but we learn, we learn throughout that, that experience. And I would argue that you learn different things about yourself and your body during a bulk than you learn during some of the other phases. So what did you learn about yourself, about your body during the phase of the bulk, uh, that maybe was different from something that you had never learned previously? Who wants to go first? So one of the beliefs I had going into the bulk was that I gained weight really easily. Mm -hmm. I, was very afraid that I was just going to start packing it on really fast. And I just, I always had this belief, like if I even look at one calorie over where I'm supposed to be eating, I'm going to start gaining weight. And to my shock, I actually lost weight at the beginning of my bulk. I added calories and started losing weight. I lost about four pounds and I was like, I'm trying to gain. What is happening? Yeah. (laughs) It was like, so confusing. Yeah. Um, and I actually had to add a little bit more to actually reverse that trend. Um, there were some tough things that happened in my life during the bulk. It actually ended up being a really good thing. I was eating a little bit extra because I didn't have to worry about it. Um, but for a, a period of time, my activity went way up. So I had to adjust my calories to account for that. And then it ended up going back down. I had, you know, so there were things I had to adjust with fluctuating, but it actually took more than I thought to gain weight. Mm-hmm. My brain was like, oh, you know, you just That's pack it on easy. real yeah. easy. Yeah. yeah, you'll pack it on easily. And instead I was losing weight and ha- kept having to add more calories to actually start gaining. And once I once I figured out the right balance and was able to look at my data and adjust as I needed, I was, I was able to keep a pretty steady rate. Um, but it took some time and I'm still shocked uh, that I lost weight gaining calories because my brain just says like you, you pack on the pounds, no matter what you do. Yeah. How many calories did you end up, uh, increasing over your maintenance calories? Um, so my, my starting mate from my starting maintenance number, um, at the highest, I was probably about 300 above that starting maintenance number. Um, I did have to drop it down a little bit. Um, when my activity level decreased, um, I, I changed jobs. It was a, there was a whole lot of things going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was able to look at the data and adjust and say, like, I know my activity level went down and that's why I'm yeah. seeing a, a more rapid gain than I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I ended up somewhere around a hundred, 150 above where I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my activity level was actually more similar to where I was in maintenance when I was at that 100, 150 number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't a huge surplus, mm-hmm. but it feels like a lot more food. With- yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. What about you, Katie? What are some of the things that you learned about yourself and your body during that time? Um, I found out that my maintenance calories are, well, at least maintenance is a higher range for me than I initially had thought. Um I initially thought that my maintenance was around 2000, 2100. And I was tracking at 2300 and I was losing. I was like, okay, great. Um, But that was also around the time where a lot of my fight response started to creep in and and things kind of got complicated um, with tracking. And and yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. Yeah. So it, it, it ended up. Well, the realization I came to was that I can gain a lot of muscle in my back, but I wanted it in my quads Mm -hmm. and I did not. 
I did build muscle there. I did. It's not that I did not. I totally did. And I spent thousands of dollars on equipment for my gym in order to pursue that goal of gaining quads. I did gain muscle in my quads, but it all went to my back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, so a couple lessons that my fight response messes with the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not and just I think, one aspect. I mean, what, what a great... Uh, example as well of the the struggle that we have with expectations. Oftentimes we set a goal and then we create an expectation of like what it's going to look like to get to that goal. It's like, I want to gain muscle and I want to gain quads. And so it's going to look like I'm going to invest in this equipment. I'm going to go into a bulk. I'm going to like do these lifts and I'm boom, I'm going to have quads and it's going to be amazing. Yes. <laughs> and, and then life's like, haha, that's funny. <laughs> here's uh, here's what's actually going to happen. And we have to like reorient ourselves to be like, oh, well, this is going to look different than I thought. Maybe this is going to take longer than I thought. Maybe this is, you know, not going to be as easy as I thought. Like, and then we have to reorient our reorient ourselves to that new reality. And that can be really challenging to do because I don't know about you, but like the way that I have my life planned out is pretty great. And I think it would be just fantastic if it would just happen the way that I thought it was, should happen. Yes, <laughs> and please. And thank it, you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Please. And thank you. I'm really kind about it, but can we just have it happen the way I expect, but that's not how life works. And I think that's an important lesson that I'm constantly learning. And it sounds like you're right there with me. Yes. And there was, I love memes. And there was a meme that I saw about gaining weight um, that I kind of flipped into my problem of of gaining muscle where it was like trying to gain weight or choosing to gain weight or muscle. I mean, muscle. (laughs) Biceps, you're kidding. Quads, no way. Back, (laughs) I got you, girl. I got you, girl. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, you know, I obviously gained muscle. I did 100%. I got stronger. I was able to hack squat more than I've hack squatted forever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I did gain muscle, but it was kind of it was that expectation thing where it was like, okay, I'm going into this expecting quads. Mm-hmm. Instead, I got massive lats. <laughs> oh man, I love massive lats. Big wide you back. <laughs> yep. I got it. <laughs> I got you, girl. Your last were yeah. like, I got you. I I'm I know what to do. I know what to do right yep. now. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Last question for you guys. If you're sitting down and you're talking to a friend and she's thinking about going into a bulk and she's like, What advice do you have for me? I'm gonna do this bulk. What would you say to that friend? Let's do Amanda and then Katie. Well, I think before starting a book, you need to be really in a comfortable place with the scale um, and how you react to fluctuations and numbers. Um, it's probably good to have been in maintenance for a while, like Amber said earlier, um, and just know you can maintain and be steady at your weight, um, have a pretty good idea what your normal ranges and fluctuations look like. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's probably good to be at a place where you're feeling pretty good about how you look, because it is hard to then go into a bulk and start gaining weight. Um, I, you know, I wasn't necessarily at my leanest and I don't think you necessarily need to be at your absolute leanest to go into a bulk, but I was comfortable with where I was. And I knew that I was going to put on a little fat and that I would be okay with that. Um, and I think be, you know, Katie mentioned she wasn't in a great headspace when she started her second bulk. And there's a lot of things that go into that. For me, a lot of it is how do I look and am I comfortable with how I look? Um, The way my timing of my bulk worked out, I was getting to the heaviest as we were coming into sweater season. So it worked out really well that as I started to feel the most uncomfortable, um, and because I did, I did start feeling uncomfortable at the end. Um, I've settled a little, I'm a little more comfortable, but I was able to put on the big bulky sweaters and just not worry about it. So it it is going to be hard. And so if you're not solid with how you're feeling about those things going in, it will be a lot harder as, especially as you get into a longer length. I mean, I went through a freak out at the middle because I went through the bulking modules and in my head, I saw six to 12 weeks 
but it says six oh, to 12 months. Oh, no, it's a six to 12 months. <laughs> it absolutely oh, says months, but my brain told me weeks. <laughs> yeah. And so I got to 12 weeks and I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I was like, no, I'm not done. That's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I, I had to get some coaching and I talked through it with Melissa and committed to finishing it and getting through the six month mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, you have to be comfortable going in. If you're not in a place where you're solid and comfortable, it will be way harder to accept those changes as you, as you do gain weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Katie, what advice would you get? My first advice would be to hire a coach who gets you, who is supportive of your choices, who will be there for you when you have questions and who will ask you questions in return to help get to the root of what's actually happening. Um, I, I always find value in going to someone who is outside of my own head because they're already ahead of me there. I am very much in my head with things. So even just talking it through with someone who understands um, what I'm trying to accomplish is massively beneficial. Um, Second would be really similar to what Amanda said is, is if you are in a good spot in a relationship with the scale, with food, with your body, if you're, if you're in a decent spot there, then there's most likely no reason that you would not benefit from a bulk. Putting on muscle benefits anyone and everyone. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's finding people that you can turn to when you do have a question who can actually help you. Um, and yeah, being, being in a good relationship with yourself and where you're at currently. Yeah. Those are fantastic. Um, I said that was the last question, but I do want to ask a a follow-up question for both of you. Um, what's next, right? Amanda, now you've finished the bulk. You're said you've been two weeks at maintenance. Like what's next? What are, what is your, what is your plans? Same with you, Katie, like what's next for you in, in your journey? What's next for me is, um, I realized, well, I guess another realization that I came to after this process, I realized that I tend to live in extremes. Uh, It's the all or nothing. Um, I have not spent a lot of time at intentional maintenance. Um, I have... I have spent time maintaining, like I have maintained losses. I have maintained results. I've been able to do that, but I've never like intentionally pushed my maintenance and spent a very extended amount of time there. I do live in the extremes. I either cut, I bulk, and then maintain for a short period in between those two, because the bulking usually lasts longer than a cut. Um, So my next step is to focus on maintenance and to actually find out where exactly my range is. Because like I said earlier, I was able to push it 300 calories more than what I was eating and I was not gaining. Uh, So that's what's next for me is living a longer period of time at an intentional maintenance. That's fantastic. Love it. What about you, Amanda? So I, as I mentioned, I'm getting ready for my first powerlifting competition. It's not till May. So I have some time. Um, Right now, I do plan to do a cut before then, just because I'm a little unhappy with the extra fat that I did put on. It was not a lot, but I'd like to try and remove a little bit. So I've been talking with my lifting coach about timing because I definitely do not want to be in a deficit right before my meet. Um, so we've, you know, we've planned out when I need to finish the cut and now I'm just trying to come to, um, finalizing a plan of when I will do the cut. I want to have eight to 12 weeks and I'll, I'll see how I feel as we do it, whether I go the longer or or cut it at eight weeks. Um, but right now the plan is to stay at maintenance for a little bit and then I'll go into a a short ish cut. Um, you don't want to go past 12 weeks and then, um, eight weeks before the meet for sure. I will be back at maintenance and, um, we'll go from there. 
It's awesome. Super exciting. Well, thank you to both of you for coming on and sharing your unfiltered truth about your experience uh, with a bulk. I think, like I said, normalizing some of the fears, normalizing some of the like hard parts of the journey is really, really important. I think bulking is awesome. I think adding muscles is awesome. There's it's fantastic to feel strong and to like, see those lifts go up. And I think we do people a disservice if we don't talk about the challenges and it's hard, just like every, every phase is hard and you can learn different things in, in each of the phases. I think that's one of the things that draws me to, um, macro counting and to cycling through different phases in your journey is like, I've learned different things about myself and my body in each of the phases. And, um, that growth that comes from challenging yourself is, it's, it's exciting for me. So I'm grateful to both of you guys for coming on and sharing your story and sharing uh, your experience. And I know that a lot of women who are considering a bulk or thinking about a bulk or have been worried or wondering about a bulk are going to find a lot of value from what you shared. So thank you so much. I'm so grateful to both Amanda and Katie for coming and sharing their unfiltered experience with bulking. Bulking is hard. And I think, like I said in the podcast a couple of times, it's all hard. Cutting's hard. Reversing's hard. Maintenance is hard. <laughs> bulking's hard. It's all hard. And, and yet it, it can be the good type of hard, the good type of hard that causes you to grow, that causes you to learn lessons, that causes you some of that introspection. You know, on some level, life is meant to be hard. That's what pushes us. That's what causes growth. If life was always easy, we would never have, an, it would never be necessary for us to grow. And it's one of the reasons that I love fitness. I love the playground of fitness because I think there's so many opportunities to push ourselves outside of our comfort zone to do and learn and be new things. And it requires us to grow. And I think that is the best thing about being here is on earth is learning and becoming somebody new and growing through experiences and through learning those lessons. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please share it with somebody. There's not a lot of content I feel like out there about bulking. I feel like it's kind of the lost stepchild of the fitness journey. There's a lot about cutting. There should be more, but there's some about reversing. There's some about maintaining. And I just feel like bulking just kind of gets left behind. But if you're really looking to add muscle and build strength, it can be one of the best things that you can do for your body. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks for hanging out with me here on Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hey friend, have you heard the news? We have a Biceps After Babies Radio insider list. If you love Biceps After Babies Radio, you don't want to miss a thing. Head to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash insider to join the group. You'll be the first to know all things about the podcast, see some behind the scenes, and get special messages from yours truly. We want to make this a special community for those who are fans of the podcast. And last, did this episode particularly resonate with you? If so, will you please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your family and friends why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at Biceps After Babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.